Before we turn our attention to Numbers today, and you can open your Bibles there, Numbers chapter 7 for our Old Testament reading, I want us to pray today. So many members have been contacting us, Pastor, we're COVID positive, Pastor, everybody in my family is COVID positive. Brothers and sisters, please continue your prudence. Wear your mask, wear your shields, wash your hands with alcohol. Yes, the vaccines are now rolling out this week. But you know what? We're not through this yet. And you don't stop prudence until there's no more need for prudence. Amen. Father, you are a shield to us. And you have promised that pestilence shall not come near our homes. Father, give us wisdom. Just like you gave the people of Israel sanitation laws and health laws. Teach us prudence, Father. You taught the people of Israel quarantining. You taught the people of Israel isolation. Father, you taught the people of Israel washing of their hands. Father, so teach us principles and give us prudence within our hearts. And Father, I pray for all of these families right now. Let, the let this thing be broken. Jesus, when you walked this earth, you healed people who had plague. Let healing flow into every home. Let healing flow into every young person. Let healing flow into every mom and dad and every Lolo and Lola. Let healing flow, Father, and break the power of this thing. I thank you for it. And Father, many of my brothers and sisters right now, they're going through very difficult times. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, be the lifter of their head. Father, make a way where there is no way. You're the way maker, Lord. We sing it all the time. Father, let fear be broken off of their lives. And let them, let them walk in the encouragement. Let them walk in the encouragement, Lord, that you bring into them. Let them walk in the encouragement, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. God, come alongside your people today and point them to a new future. Come alongside your people today, Lord, and point them toward new decisions. Father, show them a future. Lift their heads from all the problems of the past and show them a new glorious future, the, the plans that you have for them. I thank you for it, Lord. Father, I pray for the frontliners again today. We often forget them, Lord, because it's been so long in this battle. But Lord, they still go to work every day. They still live in those hospitals every day. They still care for the people every day. Lord, give them strength in their bodies for every doctor, for every nurse, for every lab tech, for every person who works in the hospital. This has been the hardest year of their lives. Give them strength in their bodies and strength in their souls, Father. And Lord, I pray for all the business people today. Lord, we can't look back. All we can do is look forward. You have new plans for their lives. You have great things that you're going to do in their lives. Father, let them begin to see those things. Let them begin to have new visions and new dreams. Not living in sunset industries, Lord, that are dying, but show them the new things that are springing forth in the earth. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Numbers, chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. On the day when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle and had anointed and consecrated it with all its furnishings and had anointed and consecrated the altar with all its utensils, the chiefs of Israel, heads of the father's houses, who were the chiefs of the tribes, who were over those who were listed, approached and brought their offerings before the Lord, six wagons, twelve oxen, a wagon for every two chiefs, and one for every ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
accept these from them. Notice, accept these from them. He said, Moses, accept the offerings, that they may be used in the service of the tent of meeting, and give them to the Levites, to each man according to his service. So Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon according to their service. And four wagons and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari according to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But to the sons of Kohath he gave none. Now notice this. Because they were charged with the service of the holy things that were to be carried on the shoulder. Now you put out here David, and then if I was just by myself right now, I'd be looking up those verses. David, when he put the holy, the Ark of the Covenant on an ox cart, and a man reached out to stabilize it when it hit a bump, and he died, and David was so upset, it's because David forgot. The holy things were not to be carried by oxen on carts. They were to be carried on the shoulders of men. And the chiefs offered offerings for the dedication of the altar on that day it was anointed. And the chiefs offered their offering before the altar. And the Lord said to Moses, They shall offer their offerings, one chief each day, for the dedication of the altar. He who offered his offering the first day was Neshan, the son of Amminadab of the tribe of Judah. And his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekel, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, <laughs> one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, now, I want you to notice, full, full. Now, the presentation mattered. They didn't bring their offerings inside a silly little basket that was half torn. They brought their offerings and presented them in silver and presented them in gold. They say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying, how you present your to the offering to the Lord matters. It's respect. This is not just some, you know, person in the market and you're throwing your money down before them. This is an offering that you're giving to God. This is why I, I've always taught you, you don't send your tithe and your seed. You bring it. This is why we bring it and we lay it at the altar before the Lord. We don't simply throw our money at God and say, here, God, here's your money. What a willing respect, you know? God looks at us and says, presentation matters. You present your offering in a way that also shows honor. Ah, presentation matters. And for the sacrifice of the peace offering, verse 17, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Amminadab. On the second day, Nathaniel, the son of Zaur, the chief of Issachar, made an offering. And he offered for his offering one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense. Now notice again, presentation mattered. One bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nathaniel, son of Zaur. On the third day, Eliab, the son of Helon, the chief of the people of Zebulun. 
and his offering was one silver plate, 130 shekels, one silver basin, 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, a year old. This was the offering of Eliab, son of Helam. On the fourth day, Elazar, the son of Sedur, the chief of the people of Rebulah, his offering was one silver plate whose shekel was 130 shekels, one silver basin of second, 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full, are you getting the idea, presentation matters, full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat, for, I'm going to start singing the, the, 12, the 12 days of Christmas in a minute, and for a sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old, this was the offering of Elazur, the son of Shatur. On the fifth day, Shelemael, the son of Zurashadai, the chief of the people of Sibia, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, and a golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five lambs for a, a, a year old. This was the offering of Shelemael, the son of Zerashadai. On the sixth day, Elishaph, the son of Deul, the chief of the people of Gad, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, big surprise, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Elisheph, the son of Deul. On the seventh day, Elishama, the son of Aminahud, the chief of the people of Ephraim. His offering was one silver plate whose, shekel, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour with the oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Elishama, the son of Aminahud. On the sixth day, Gamaliel, the son of Pedahazur, the chief of the people of Manasseh. And his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, and one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male goat a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Gamal, the son of Pedahazur. On the ninth day, guess what? Things aren't going to change. On the ninth day, Abedan, the son of Gideonai, the chief of the people of Benjamin, his offering was one silver plate, 
whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb, a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings. Two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Abidan, the son of Gideonai. On the 10th day, you notice that 12 days of Christmas song keeps going over and over in my head. On the 10th day, Ahiazer, the son of Amashadai, the chief of the people of Dan. His offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahaziah, the son of Amashadai. On the 11th day, Pagil, the son of Okran, the chief of the people of Asher, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Pagil, the son of Akron. On the twelfth day, Ahira, the son of Enan, the chief of the people of Naphtali, his offering was one silver plate, whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Enan. This was the dedication of the altar on the day when it was anointed from the chiefs of Israel. Now notice, they all gave the same offering. All gave the same. 12 silver plates, 12 silver basins, 12 golden dishes. Each silver plate weighing 130 shekels, each basin 70, all of the silver of the vessels, 2,400 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Twelve golden dishes full of incense, weighing ten shekels apiece, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. All the gold of the dishes being 120 shekels. All the cattle for the burnt offerings were twelve bulls, twelve rams, twelve male lambs a year old, with their grain offering, twelve male goats for a sin offering. And all the cattle for the burnt offering, 12 bulls, 12 rams, 12 male lambs a year old with their grain offering, and 12 male goats for a sin offering. And all the cattle for the sacrifice of peace offerings, 24 bulls, the rams, 60, the male goats, 60, the male lambs a year old, 60. This was the dedication offering for the altar as it was anointed. And when Moses went to the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, now, wow. Now notice, if you just skipped over all of that because of the redundancy, you'd miss the big wow. When Moses went into the tent 
of meeting to speak with the Lord. He heard the voice of, of speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the Ark of the Testimony. From between the two cherubim, it spoke to him. Wow. A theophany. A physical manifestation of the presence of God. He heard with his physical ears the voice speaking to him. Now, if this is the mercy seat, and you know I cannot draw, this would, I mean, if this is the ark, this would be the mercy seat right here. Okay? And then the cherubim with their wings are like this over the mercy seat. Right here is where God spoke to them from. Now, the typology of that is beautiful because the mercy seat The mercy seat is Jesus. Remember when the Bible says he is the propitiation of our sins? There's the King James word. If you look that word up, you see it's used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. The way the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the word it uses to describe the mercy seat is the propitiation. Same Greek word. God spoke to Moses from Jesus. <laughs> the typology of it is beautiful. In the last days, God has spoken to us by his son. Wow. Let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship now. See 
Our New Testament passage today picks up in Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests, notice the plural, and scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. Now notice, Pharisees weren't in this, Sadducees weren't in this, it was the chief priests and the scribes, okay? Chief priests, they control everything, and it's the high priestly family and the scribes, well, they're the ones that do all the copying of the, of, the, of the Torah scrolls. They want to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. Now notice, their motives, they wanted to commit murder, but they wanted to do it and not get caught. In other words, they don't want to be held responsible for their actions. <laughs> for they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. And while he was at Bethany, now remember where Bethany was, all right? If this is the temple, okay, well, let me draw it down here. Uh, maybe I better draw it up there so you can see it. If this was the temple, this is the temple. This is the Kidron Valley, all right? This is, whoops. This is the Kidron Valley. This is the Mount of Olives. Bethany would be back up in here. Okay, it's about a three-kilometer walk from the top of Mount of Olives. While he was at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper. Ah, in the house of Simon the leper. Now, this guy's obviously healed. Because otherwise you couldn't be in the house with this guy. So here is a man... Who has a testimony. He was reclining at table. A woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment, a pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? Now, when you put this together with the other Gospels, you see Judas was outspoken. The other apostles kept thoughts to themselves. But notice, bad attitude is contagious. Bad attitudes are contagious. Judas was mouthy. Judas was belligerent and arrogant in his mouth. But that attitude got into the other apostles, and they were saying to themselves, why was this ointment wasted like that? They begrudged Jesus his anointing before burial. They were angry at the blessing of Jesus. Amazing. He's about to die on the cross for them, and they're angry and think that something was wasted on him. Amazing. For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 in their eye, and given to the poor, and they scolded her. Now notice, Judas, when you put it together with the other Gospels, Judas attacked Jesus. The apostles attacked the giver. Wow. They scolded her. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that for Jesus. You should have given that to the poor. 
<laughs> and Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. He said, stop it. I mean, he just looked at the apostles and said, stop it. What this woman has done is beautiful. You're, you're robbing the joy of her generosity. You're robbing the joy of her giving. He said, for you have the poor, you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good to them, but you will not always have me. He said, you know what? I'm about to die for you. And I've been telling you this for three years. He said, you can always do something for the poor, but he said, your time with me is limited. So this is limited, <laughs> and having the poor with you is limitless. You know, when, when people come to me and they say, Pastor Sumrall, you know, we, we, we shouldn't be building more buildings. We should be helping the poor. And I look at them and I go, you know what, excuse me. We do more for the poor than anybody else I know in town. Okay, look at all that we do for the poor. Helping the poor is an infinite whole, okay? We should always be working on it, but sometimes you need to focus on what's time-bound. Let me say that again. Sometimes you have to focus on what is time-bound. Time-bound opportunities. Right now, we're just, we haven't cut back anything for the poor. In fact, if anything, we've increased it. But we're putting money into buying properties for churches because this is time-bound. You know, when the economy flips around, forgive me, land prices are going to go crazy again. And if they change the Constitution and allow foreign ownership of land, prices are really going to go crazy again. This is a, this is a time-bound opportunity we have. So let, let's get after building these churches. But they just tore, tore Jesus up, tore this poor woman up. He said, she has done what she could. She anointed my body beforehand. For burial. He said, you don't understand. Now, I want you to notice the difference here. Judas did his criticism because, as it says in one of the other Gospels, he was a thief and he wanted to steal some of the money. The other disciples did their criticism simply because they had been influenced. So Judas, his flowed from his attitude as a thief. The other apostles, they flowed from the influence of a thief, okay? They were influenced. And so, sometimes you got to make the distinction, all right? People have been influenced to think in a wrong way because of people with, with bad hearts, all right? He said, truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Jesus, not ashamed. In fact, the harvest was increased because not only did she get a blessing, I'm sure, but this woman also had the opportunity of having her story told wherever the gospel is preached. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12, then this is the trigger of betrayal. The trigger of betrayal. Then Judas, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him. See, with Judas, 
one of the things you're going to learn about betrayal, betrayal is always about money. It's always about money and power. That's, that, it's always about that. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. For Judas, it was all about money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now notice, he had to find the opportunity because it wasn't always there. On the first day of the unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? Now notice, the apostles stayed. Now, here's something that you have to learn. When people have been influenced by a Judas, when they've been influenced by the source of the bad attitude, and they say things, Jesus didn't drive them off and say, well, you bunch of people with bad attitudes. He didn't treat people like that. They stayed together. They stayed with him. He sent two of the apostles and said to them, go to the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. This would be in the Essene quarter. That will be in the Essene quarter. All right. Now, the Essene section of the city is where the most devout, righteous Jews lived. These were people that this... It wasn't a religion to them, and it wasn't a show to them, and there was no corruption in them. The Essene community, they took vows of um, abstinence. They took vows of celibacy. This is why a man would be carrying the jar of water, okay, because that was the woman's work. So when Jesus wanted to spend his last night teaching one of his greatest sermons to the apostles and have the Last Supper together, he didn't choose the temple courts. He didn't choose a place close to the temple. He chose a place of safety and security. He surrounded himself by righteous people. When he wanted to be safe, he surrounded himself, ah, my pen's not working. He surrounded himself by righteous people. These were people that took the things of God very seriously. And whenever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where's my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. In other words, the leaven is removed. Because this was part of Passover. They had to take all the leaven out. Nothing of yeast. There could be no leavened bread. There could be no wine that had already fermented because that would have leaven in it. He said, prepare for us. The disciples sent out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. When evening came, he came with the 12. So in other words, he finished day's work in the temple courts. He finished the day's work in the temple courts. He finished the preaching. He finished the teaching. He finished healing people, praying for people, casting out demons. And then when evening came, he came with the 12. He was not going to Bethany that night. Every other night, they, when they left the temple courts from what I call the greatest revival in Israel's history, 100,000 people, the whole city coming out, he went up that mountain to Bethany and left. When evening came, he came with the 12, and they spent the evening there. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, 
one of you will betray me who is eating with me. And they began to be sorrowful and say to him, one after another, is it I? Now notice, they had just been through Bethany. Okay, they had just been through this kafluffle one night before. And now they thought everything's okay now. Jesus has corrected us. We had a bad attitude. Okay. But it's not over yet. So no wonder they began to be sorrowful. He said to them, Is it one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me? For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Wow. Now, we're going to teach all of this in detail during School of the Cross because School of the Cross this year is going to be a little different. I don't want to replay something that we taped. What I'm going to do is go Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I want to walk you every day through what occurred in the first Holy Week. I've always threatened I was going to do this, but this year we're going to walk you through the Holy Week events as they occurred. Now, let's close out our reading today with Proverbs. Can I read you New Living Translation again? Deceit fills the hearts that are plotting evil. Now, notice. You want to know, when you see people plotting evil, when you see people plotting destruction, the Bible tells you what fills their heart. If they are plotting evil, deceit fills their heart. Joy fills the hearts of those that are planning peace. All right, so... Your plans reveal what fills your hearts. Your plans reveal what fills your hearts. No harm comes to the godly, but the wicked will have their fill of trouble. You know, do whatever you want to a godly person. All things work together for good. But now to the wicked, they have their full of trouble. The Lord detests lying lips but the Lord delights in those who tell the truth. Beautiful thing. He detests lying lips. When people go around telling lies all the time, God hates that. But what brings him joy and delight? Tell the truth. When you just stand up and tell the truth, it brings God joy. The wise don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their foolishness. I, I like, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of a fool proclaims folly. A wise person, a prudent person, does not say everything they know. But a foolish person, all they do is shoot their mouth off. And the more they talk, the more they show their foolishness. Now, now let me encourage you folks. Understand these scriptures. The Bible has never changed. God understands people. The heart of a fool proclaims folly. Fools broadcast their foolishness. Fools get on Facebook and broadcast their foolishness. Fools get on Instagram and broadcast their foolishness. Fools, I mean, fools, fools just want to be, fools want to be heard, okay? You're just going to have to understand this, and it's never changed in all these thousands of years. Fools want to be heard. A wise person does not need to be heard. A wise person speaks to the wise. 
A wise person speaks when it's needed to be said, but a fool, <laughs> we'll just leave that one alone. All right, we'll see you tonight, seven o'clock sharp, back into the Book of Romans.